Hello, and welcome to the 3H2Humans radio show. Each episode, Leonardo and Mustachio explore conscious communication, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? Sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings! Today is Monday, September 11th, 2017, here in hopeful Hilliard. Mustachio and I have had quite an adventure over the last, oh gosh, how how long there, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Feels like an eternity, but in normal human time, it's been about two weeks. It's been since about the eclipse, August uh, 21st, that the energy has been shifting. And similar to a ship at sea, when direction is altered by a few degrees in the moment, the change is not very noticeable. But over time, in a day or two, that slight change is significant. And that's what I've noticed within myself. Um, Mustachio has noticed it with 3H2Humans in general and also Earth (laughs) in general. There has been some sort of big shift going on. There's much chaos in the mental and the physical world. Consistently, I've been hearing of resistance. That's the key word behind what's going on within myself is resistance. I was swimming upstream, ferociously thrashing around as a subconscious primitive animal rather than a conscious critical thinking human. That's what I am now. (laughs) The miracle of calibration has worked its magic. Though an ideal path is still in the works, deep within intuition, I feel as though I'm going with the river. Last week, I was pushing against the river and I let go. That's what it was. I let go and I drifted. And instead of violently thrashing up the river, I just stopped. I was in a state of do for too long. And as Amit Goswami says, do be, do be, do. It's a process, a do, think, act, and then be. Simply relax the mind and body. And this is what was missing from my life at the time. The stress of the season three premiere (laughs) and now here it is it's today and i feel fantastic i feel (sighs) um comfortable i visualize myself on a raft floating with the river and with that the direction of 3h2 humans has changed dramatically 
There was a list of 15 items set to be complete by today. About two of them. (laughs) Have been completed. And I'm okay with that. A week ago, I wasn't. It caused me great anxiety and stress to even imagine what I envisioned as failure, which is what I'm experiencing right now, but is joy instead of sadness. And the reason why this shift has taken place is because I'm allowing it to take place. I'm listening to the environment. I'm listening to mentors, to my body, to intuition. I'm receptive. I'm willing to ingest, reflect, and modify. Many of those 15 items dealt with the website and the online store. I had planned to have new business cards, the 3H2Humans Discovery Game all updated and printed and boxed and ready to go. Uh, yeah. (laughs) There was resistance. Usually working with the print shop, there's quick turnaround, there's great communication, and that didn't happen this time. And I just let go. So the products aren't ready. The online store isn't updated. The content on the website isn't optimized. All of these things didn't happen and it's okay. The reason why it's okay is because in the bigger picture of my life, 3H2Humans and Earth as an organism, it's really not that big of a deal. And it's with this change similar to letting go of the office in downtown Spokane, above Auntie's bookstore, corner window office. I thought that was success. And then when I could no longer afford it, I thought that was failure, but it led me to a new opportunity. And now with this, I don't want to work on the online store. I, my heart wasn't there. My passion isn't there. And that's what this recalibration has helped me realize where is my passion, where is my desire, and where do I want to go rather than where do I think other people want me to go or to achieve some fictitious goal, what are the perceived steps? I've learned in life. (laughs) The only certain thing is uncertainty. And I'm willing to embrace that right now. So (sighs) moving forward, who knows what's going to go on. But I speculate the online store will be for donations. Those keep us going. The majority of our income is from donations, not selling products. So it seems silly to spend time and energy on something that's not profitable at this time. Also with the conscious communication services I offer, it's incredibly frustrating. (laughs) Uh, For me, many of these theories are similar to explaining how water is wet. It's intuitive and it's something that I think each person knows and has touched water and understands that sensation, but that's false. This false perception causes anxiety and stress for me, and I'm 
not really interested in doing that right now. So I'm not going to offer any conscious communication services at this time. I want to finish the book and publish more of the writings that have already been created and just need some polishing and publishing. So the direction is changing and this path feels comfortable. All right, Mustachio, got that off our back. (laughs) This morning, as we were prepping for the show, um, there was a discussion about how to articulate the shift 3H2 Humans is taking. And we just wanted to free flow instead of meticulously bullet pointing what's going on. Just just do it. (laughs) So we did. So there it is. Uh, Big changes. And we will continue to answer questions and involve ourselves with people on an individual basis. That is a core belief of 3H2 Humans. That will continue, especially with the turbulent times of right now in terms of consciousness and energy. The unseen quantum world is going through a massive update. right now and as many folks have noticed with updates there's some bumps and some complications we are here as a resource for those 12 people who listen to the show Stashio and I are here and um, uh, find some comfort in that. That's one of my largest struggles that I have when I'm feeling depressed and down is that nobody understands me. Critical thinking is a thing of the past. And I, and as my mom says, it's kind of a slippery slope into darkness and Luckily for me, I have people around me who pull me up, who see that I'm slipping and grab me and nurture me and protect me from myself. That's um, a very strange concept to be protected from oneself. But I've noticed with me, when I'm exhausted, I do not think rationally and I do not think clearly. I'm useless (laughs) in many ways and we would like to be a resource for people who are experiencing that that mental perhaps even physical exhaustion go to the thought seeds on the website that's something that really helps me when I'm exhausted and I need to simply be and I need to slow down and enjoy and rest and relax. I put on a TV show or a movie or listen to a CD or a podcast from a thought leader. If the turbulent times are feeling turbulent, turn to the thought seeds, flip around, dive into someone else's pink zone and nurture the beautiful aspects of life. That's what the thought seeds are about. That's what 3H2Humans is about nurturing joy and passion and excitement and 
the beautiful part of the continuum. That's where our ship is going. <laughs> Last week, oh, I don't even know where it was headed, but um, we're headed in a more positive direction and we've got room on our ship. So although much of the public appearance of 3H2 humans is gonna be slowed down behind the scenes, there's magic. And for now, that's where it's going to be. <laughs> so for season three, instead of this outward exploration, it's going to be more of an inward exploration. And we are excited to have all 12 of you along with us. <laughs> okay, so coming up is the recorded episode for Season three, episode one, it's 10 list, how to measure a mentor. These are our thoughts as 3H2 humans here in the 3H2 pool of consciousness. What I like about this list is that there are strategies, real time critical thinking exercises that can be applied to oneself and mentors in order to gauge reality. So what does this mentor say they're all about and then how do they act? There's ways to measure a mentor and these are our thoughts. 10 snippets on how to measure a mentor. This is important because education is taking a shift from because I said so instruction to critical thinking. Leaders who follow the because I said so mentality are going to fall and disappear. The leaders and mentors who use critical thought and have integrity, practice what they preach, these leaders are going to rise to the top. And it's important for all of us, whether leader or consumer, to measure what's going on with conscious awareness. That's the core of this, that it's a measurement with conscious awareness versus the old method of memorize and regurgitate. That does not require conscious awareness. That requires accessing a subconscious process. So, pish posh. <laughs> so the episode coming up, Measure a Mentor, we go over 10 bullet points, also two thought seeds, a dear friend lately, Rick and Morty, the cartoon. Oh, and, and that's weird how that cartoon does feel like a friend. Feels like someone I can hang out in the pink zone with and expand my ideas of what is possible and what I believe. A cartoon does this for me. I think it's wonderful. And I do like how in season one, episode one, at the very beginning of that one, Rick talks about his ideas about the education system. And my viewpoints are very similar. To hear my thoughts projected through a cartoon was awesome. <laughs> so we offer some thought seeds in the episode and announcements and some light at the end of the tunnel during some turbulent times. If there are any questions, comments, criticisms, concerns, calculations, 
and anything else, <laughs> send inquiries to info at 3h2humans.org. I'll be on the road for the next two weeks and we'll check email every couple days. So it may take a couple days, but I do respond to inquiries. I think it's important to nurture aspects of communication with strangers. I think that's uh, a wound on the internet. The lack of positive stranger communication is a wound on the internet right now. And we at 3H2Humans hope to be a little bit of a antiseptic on that wound. So anyone out there who's frustrated that other podcasters or city council members or big corporations, all these people who hide behind a fake wall. That's really what it is. It's people who want to seem untouchable so that they don't have to critically think or answer questions that are uncomfortable. It's silly and pish posh and is being faded out with time. Coming up, there will be a musical interlude. During that interlude, allow the body to do what it needs to do. This is a part of my daily routine, is putting on music, or even without music. Sometimes I'll just get in the mood and I'll just start kind of dancing around. I'll shake my hands and my feet and bounce my hips around and just move. And sometimes I'll hear little pops and cracks and little, oh, oh, that felt good. And ooh, ah, oh, that stretch was nice. And ooh, it's a, a little, little shot of love to the body. So allow this interlude to be a little shot of love. <laughs> Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy.
things. Today is September 8th, 2017. It's a bit of a freaky Friday here in the Hilliard area of Spokane, Washington. Today's episode is Season 3, Episode 1 of the 3H2 Humans radio show. My name is Leonardo. I will host this episode alongside Mustachio, who tends to remain in the background. He is here, but not mic'd up. (laughs) He is even more of an introvert than I. (laughs) Ever since the eclipse, it seems as though there has been strange energy on planet Earth. I've noticed this within myself, within Spokane, and within the earth as a whole, it seems consistently messages of unexpected chaos have been presented for the majority of people and animals I've come across lately. So what does this mean? That's what we do. We, uh, as 3H2 humans, apply critical thought and introspection to life events which come up. Due to the freakiness of the vibes lately, uh, the Hood River trip will have some modifications as well as this release. The release of the show is a little (laughs) less flair than expected. Uh, In our minds, there was a grand display of fireworks and an orchestra playing and just um, grandiose grandness. And in reality, it's looking to be a bit more of a stereo with a sparkler. (laughs) And that's okay. I ran into some complications, mental and physical, that... Intuitively, I needed to slow down and give them attention. And this is what I've done. So rather than exert energy towards the grandiose grandness of 3H2's butterfly takeoff, uh, time has been spent introspecting and relaxing. I imagine many people listening to this in real time and beyond can empathize with this position of being so bogged down, a breath is needed. And that was the state that I was in. Uh, (laughs) As a mentor pointed out, internal derangement. (laughs) This is the word that popped up, internal derangement. Um, The term suggests a disorganization of matter and energy. And for me, it's both mental and physical. So in conclusion, the trip to Hood River was going to be outward and interviewing people, exploring other people's mindsets, and it was just too much. And now I want to introspect and share parts of the journey. Um, Astachio and I talked, we're not ready to do interviews because we don't have our templates set up yet. 
one of our concerns is that we'll just fall into the common interview format of today's radio shows, which are ugh, <laughs> very pish posh. They tend to be one person just babbling. They're not conversations or displays of critical thought. It's just storytelling. And we don't quite have a solution in place that has been tested for this. So yeah, we're going to pump on the brakes, pump on the brakes, pump on the brakes with internal derangement, pump on the brakes. <laughs> oh, it feels good to calm down. So for today's show and the beginning of the season, we will continue to focus on well-being and adventure to Hood River and explore. So those variables are still in place. In order to fully investigate a healing mode, I like to vet a mentor in that area, someone I can trust and someone who displays integrity and many other qualities before I modify. So we talk about critical thinking as ingest, reflect, and modify. In picking a mentor, it's important to apply this process to that mentor and fully understand that person's pink zone. So in the flare of 3H2, our listener challenge number 33 is measure a mentor with conscious awareness. For this week, open up the mind and explore potential new mentors. Listen to podcasts, read text, watch YouTube videos as a means to ingest a speaker's perspective. Cross-check media sources and reflect. Is this person's message within the pink zone? Once investigation of character is complete, modify. Nurture beneficial thought seeds and discard yellow zone packaging from the mentor. Who knows what will grow? Okay, so this is the listener challenge for this week. Measure a mentor with conscious awareness. This concept is a keystone for us here at 3H2 Humans. And oddly in... Discussing this with others, it doesn't seem to quite be on the radar. This is one of the reasons why we added the caveat of with conscious awareness. Oftentimes there's a glance at somebody's numbers or statistics in some sort of way, which is often a false measurement of someone's ability to relay a skill. So we're going to go over those today in the episode with a 10 list on how to measure a mentor. These are the thoughts that we have here at 3H2 Humans when we measure a mentor. And allow this week to be about this concept. Absorb the points coming up and modify the concepts as needed. So let's go over a few of the points in the listener challenges as they are meant to be concise. Only a couple 
sentences long, so let's break that down. For this week, open up the mind and explore potential new mentors. We do recommend new mentors, not ones that have been partially or fully investigated in the past. This is a clean slate critical thinking exercise. So it's best to have someone who is new and full of infinite potential rather than stereotypes and biases. I would recommend picking a handful. I recently uh, (laughs) did an experiment with 10. (laughs) And uh, the results of that were not as expected and will be broadcast in a future episode. For starters, I would recommend picking three. I think that's a good number for this listener challenge. So pick three potential mentors, listen to podcasts, read text, watch YouTube videos, look at social media postings. There are numerous formats which are constantly changing. Allow that to be another part of this experiment to not only examine the pink zone of a potential mentor, but to also understand the vectors the ways in which ingestion of their concepts can be had. Many people who listen to this show, the 3H2Humans radio show, are new to radio shows and podcasts. Continue this adventurous, open-minded perspective and explore many ways of information ingestion. So after... The mentor's viewpoints are ingested. Cross-check media sources and reflect. Is this person's message within the pink zone? Is there a consistency between the words and persona of the person? Is there a message at all that can be reflected upon? Oftentimes for me, When I investigate a new mentor, it's mostly backstory. There's very little information on what the person is doing today. So that's a part of this mission. Figure out what is that person doing today. Once investigation of character is complete, modify. Nurture beneficial thought seeds and discard yellow zone packaging from the mentor. So that's what this is, an investigation of character. After that is complete, nurture beneficial thought seeds. So nurture the thoughts which sit well with intuition. The thoughts that there's a tingle to ask, tell me more. Uh, Lean into those thoughts. In contrast, discard yellow zone packaging. So the fluff, the... uh, the nonsense, the pish-posh, all that stuff, just sweep it out, discard it. And who knows what will grow? Uh, It's pretty neat how critical thought works in development of this listener challenge. Mustachio and I realized critical thinking is similar to the growth of succulents. It has that Fibonacci sequence to it, where each small cycle completed 
creates a larger cycle. Imagine a bed of succulents where there is a tiny spiral spiraled in a bigger spiral. It's pretty cool. So this is a physical representation of what goes on as a mental process, even though one path may seem like a dead end or a tiny succulent. It's still something. It still contributes to the bigger picture. Be mindful of this on this investigation and be open to visualizing the pattern for what it is rather than what the ego desires it to be. Okay, so that's listener challenge number 33, measure a mentor with conscious awareness. If there are any questions about that, send them on down to info at 3h2humans.org. We do answer emails. Uh, This seems to not really be the case with most radio show hosts, but uh, we do. So if for some reason an answer was not received, then that means the inquiry was not received. So go ahead, send that again, and uh, we will send a response usually within 48 hours. With the upcoming adventure, sometimes I'll take three or four days off of computers and the internet. So please be patient with us if it takes a couple days, uh, but there will be a response. We feel that it's our duty to respond to inquiries. I feel that it's a bit disrespectful for radio show hosts and leaders in general to request feedback and then ignore that feedback. I think that's one of the reasons why there's... uh, so little feedback. It's, it's how the leaders handle it. It's not the people's problem. And we've talked about this before. The old saying that there is no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher. And I feel like we as leaders, people in positions of mentoring, have some sort of duty to at minimum acknowledge an inquiry and encourage the public to speak out. So send them on down. <laughs> Info at 3h2humans.org. And it is a .org, uh, not a .com. Took me a while to get used to this. <laughs> okay, for today's show, we have two thought seeds. One is for a TV show and one is for a movie. With the recent downtime I've been experiencing I've dove into many TV shows and movies and documentaries and other people's perspectives. And I feel as though this is what I needed to heal. I needed to get out of my own head and I needed to chill. (laughs) And as an old dear friend used to tell me, uh, CTFD. Calm the fuck down. That's what I needed to do. And uh, I did. And I feel so much better about moving forward now that I've rested. So these are some vectors for Pink Zone Thought Seed Mentortainment. The first one is Rick and Morty on Adult Swim. It's a TV show cartoon that started in 2013. 
This show is a delightful hybrid of thought reminiscent of South Park and Futurama. Rick and Morty is a bit of a dark humor, quantum, possibility, witty, intelligently written show. It, um, it's easy for me to get lost in Rick and Morty land. Few TV shows can really do that to me. So I do encourage folks to check it out. The perspectives. <laughs> What's so funny about this is this is another show that I was closed off to. I allowed my stereotypes and biases to limit my ability to learn and grow. So a couple years ago, Brian wanted to watch Rick and Morty. And I thought all the cartoons on Adult Swim were stupid. And I was closed off to it. And we watched it for a little bit and I didn't really give it a chance. And Brian joked that Rick was like me. And I was like, no, I didn't relate to him at all. And I thought it was stupid and I just brushed it off. So here we are today. A podcast called The Mad Philosopher had an episode about Rick and Morty. And I thought, okay, these guys are into philosophy and they're showcasing this show. I'm going to give it a go. And I watched the trailer on Amazon and became intrigued and purchased a season. And uh, it was the second episode, which really sank my interest. So if anyone's a bit skeptical and is willing to risk, I think, what is it, Mustachio, like $3 or something, just buy Rick and Morty (laughs) season one, episode two. (laughs) It's hilarious. The, The skits about the dog are the ones I'm referring to. There's also a dream sequence, which has its funny points, but uh, the dog stuff is uh, hilarious. And also Rick's view on education. He thinks it's more important for Morty to go out and adventure with him and learn about the real world than sit in a classroom and regurgitate nonsense. I like this. I like the world that is represented where there's other species and time travel and parallel universes and concepts which I ponder and am curious about and intuitively feel, yet I feel the culture that I'm in brushes them off as I did. I was a sheeple. I said my culture rejects these viewpoints of physics and thus I reject these viewpoints of physics. And I was a fool, a darn fool. But Rick and Morty have shown me the light, and I purchased all three seasons. There are three seasons available, and I put some ice on my shoulder, laid on the couch, blacked out the room, turned the air cleaner on, and just simply be. That's what I needed to do, was be get out of my stress and transport to another universe and laugh and have fun. So thank you to 
the people who took the time to create Rick and Morty and to all the people who helped get that show to me sitting on my couch in 2017. So much gratitude for each person involved along that way. The Thought Seed movie is for The Indigo Evolution. I streamed it on the Gaia channel, and it is from 2006. The ingest phase of critical thought has begun for Indigo Child Concept. As I question my understanding of physics, I also question my understanding of human abilities and labels on children and adults who process stimuli in different ways. The movie, The Indigo Evolution, explores unique children. (laughs) And the children and adults are unique in ways that I identify with. When I was in elementary school, I was held back in second grade and was labeled as disabled. (laughs) And it was often because I asked questions. And what's so funny is it was Brian that really helped me realize this because we talked about it, how I wasn't real happy of the labels that the education system has put on me. And he boldly said, yeah, the teachers just don't want to deal with you and all your questions. So they push you aside. And that was true. Rather than figure out what my needs are, it's just, there's just a bucket of people with different needs. So they're labeled as disabled (laughs) because they don't fit into the neat box that the education system created. And this is changing. It's gotten so much better from the time I was a child. I'm now 35, and with the advancement of knowledge and computers and individualized learning, kids who were like me are getting nurtured instead of cast aside now. And I think this is wonderful. And this movie shines a light on the beauty of those who were once labeled disabled. And what... uh, What are we going to do moving forward? Because putting labels is just solving the problem with the same problem. (laughs) So it's a bit of a tangled hierarchy. It's, um, It's going to be a challenge to figure out the best way to move forward. As I read with the little blurb for this one, I'm in the ingest phase. Even I fully don't get the indigo child reference and what that means. And then there's crystal children and uh, old labels of ADHD. And I I mean, it's just a, a shit show with confusion in terms of labels. And I think that's at the center of the problem and focus on individual optimization recognize each individual's label is going to be different and those labels are going to change 
because consciousness is an energy force which is ever-changing. Okay, so check it out. Thoughtseed movie. Indigo Evolution. I'm grateful for the folks who created the Indigo Evolution. And I will continue to ponder this concept. If anyone else knows of documentaries or cartoons or any awesome stuff, let me know. I am in a stage of resting right now and am open to receiving new stimuli. Okay, next up we have the 10 list. This 10 list was started several years ago, I believe around 2015, around the same time as the Enjoyable Mentor episode was created. It was a mentor extravaganza. I've recognized a key to my success is mentoring. A key to one of my failures is not having a mentor. Feeling as though there's no top bun, that I don't have someone to go to for advice and to help me create shortcuts, reveal blind spots. That's what mentors do. It's, um, yes, Mustachio points out, like a vitamin. It's, uh, the benefits can be felt immediately, but the big reward is in long term, is the accumulation of the small wins along the way. And those wins can be amplified through mentoring. And that's all stages of the mentor hamburger, the bottom, the patty, and the top bun. With the list created a couple years ago, I did some editing to the content, but left much of it the same. I want to release these thoughts so I can improve and build on them. And I encourage others to do the same, to ingest, reflect, and modify these 10 items and create one's own way to measure a mentor. These are just suggestions and a peek into the way we do it here at uh, 3H2Humans. Okay, number one, monetization. Investigate a speaker's products and endorsements. Number two, you. Scan published work for pish-posh elements. Is the word you misused? Three, integrity. Does the person lead by example? Number four, 3H2 human. Conscious focus on health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Number five, conscious leadership. Is the mentor able to lead, follow, and get out of the way? Number six, visualize. Explore potential positions in the mentor hamburger. Number seven, pink zone tangible. Communicate in writing. Number eight, show me hiring. 
Establish real-time validation for leadership. Number nine, value. Negotiate per value as opposed to per hour. Number 10, community. Gain pink zone understanding of a person's community. Okay, so that is the 10 list there and it's broken down with the key word or concept and then some follow-up thought. So these are the basic categories we will go over beginning with monetization. So monetization is derived from money, <laughs> currency. So this category speaks about how the person gains income. Number one, monetization. Investigate a speaker's products and endorsements. Are practices in line with one's own ethics and beliefs? What is the person selling? Explore one's own beliefs regarding what it means to be an effective mentor within a business relationship before diving into another's realm. First figure out what is desired, then request from the mentor, tell me more. Okay, for number one, monetization. Investigate a speaker's products and endorsements are practices in line with one's own ethics and beliefs. In past episodes, I've talked about how the economy is moving more towards ethics as being a part of the equation. How does this product or service impact society on a larger scale? This trend is becoming more and more popular. I'm seeing it more and more where consumers and companies are putting more of an emphasis on ethics and monetization. So examine the leader's products and endorsements. What, uh, what's going on there? Okay, number two. You. Scan published work for pish-posh elements. Is the word you misused? Gain a sense for potential subconscious inner conflicts within their message. When a speaker uses you to relay a personal experience, their words suggest each listener will process their unique experience exactly as they do. This type of assumption-based vocabulary will lead a thought process towards ambiguity and lack of understanding. Pish-posh words indicate the yellow zone is near. Explore a speaker's viewpoint. Who is the subject of thoughts relayed? Does the person speak from the I or you perspective when a personal experience is relayed? Offer conscious awareness and examine, is the word you misused? Why is this so important? It is important because no two brains contain the exact same thought processes and neuronal connections as one another. Thus, when there are two or more people considered, speak from the I perspective as no two people experience stimuli exactly the same. Similar to a squeaky wheel, attention towards pish-posh words can reveal hints of danger and motivate action in a proactive rather than reactive manner. If caught early, oftentimes a simple squirt of lube will rectify a situation. 
with words, as in with life, err on the side of caution and remove pish-posh words when possible. Take a proactive approach towards communication. If a potential mentor misuses the word you to explain personal experience, reconsider payment in their direction. Likely, this particular speaker does not explore health, happiness, and a humble perspective with conscious awareness. Thus, it's time to move on and find a mentor who is capable of conscious communication. Okay, for this little blurb, it does switch back and forth from the perspective of a client and the perspective of a mentor. That's one of the unique approaches that we do here at 3H2Humans is look at things from both sides. What does the situation look like through the client's eyes and what does the situation look like through the mentor's eyes? Investigation with varied vantage points will yield stronger results. So although this could use a little bit more editing, uh, the main point is there, that if a speaker is misusing the word you, then they're speaking from a subconscious process, and thus their information is from a subconscious process and not consciously organized. <laughs> yeah, Mustachio points out, it's a sign of internal derangement. <laughs> And it's our objective as humans to be internally arranged and organized. Um, So be cautious of this from both sides, whether looking to hire a mentor or being a mentor. Pay attention to the use of you as it's an indication. It's like a, a test. And that's one of the questions we received a lot in the beginning of our adventure was, How can subconscious and conscious mind processes be tested? And the answer is you. (laughs) You have the power to test whether or not oneself or another is speaking from a conscious or subconscious process. As a sidecar to this thought, um, the list of pish-posh words has changed as a result of this episode and recent downtime. So for the first time to the public, here is the new updated version of 20 Pish Posh Words. To clarify, a Pish Posh word is a word that often signals there's a subconscious process going on rather than a person consciously speaking. So these words are more commonly misused than used in a shared understanding. So that's what I mean by misuse. Not according to what some textbook says, but is it being misused when there is a desire for a shared understanding? So pish posh words hinder an ability for a shared understanding to give conscious awareness to, and in many cases to remove pish-posh words, will increase a shared understanding. And that's a goal of conscious communication. It's 
foundation is about shared understanding. So here we go. Give extra attention to these words. Number one, you. Number two, can't. Number three, should. Number four, make. Number five, sorry. Number six, try. Number seven, they. Number eight, unconscious. Number nine, obviously. Number 10, expert. Number 11, busy. Number 12, girl. Number 13, impossible. Number 14, regret. Number 15, lonely. Number 16, bored. Number 17, love. Number 18, moral judgments. Number 19, group distinctions. And number 20, absolutes. Okay, so these are the pishposh words. And number 18, 19, and 20 are categories. So moral judgments, these are good and bad and right and wrong words of that nature, which suggest divine intervention. (laughs) Number 19, group distinctions. This is referring to things such as all liberals fill in the blank or all Washingtonians or all is stereotyping a group of people to have uniform behavior. And number 20, absolutes. So this is absolutes are words such as impossible. It's impossible to do this thing. The code of the universe works on infinite possibilities. To have a single absolute is incredibly unlikely. So be cautious for people who use absolutes, moral judgments, group distinctions, and the rest of these words. Oh, it feels good. It feels good. (laughs) Oh, to have this list updated and to move forward with polishing of pishposh words feels satiating. I feel satiated. (laughs) All right, that's number two. Scan published work for pishposh words is the word you misused. Number three, integrity. Does the person lead by example? Examine the mentor's words and actions. Are they in sync with one another? In other words, Does the person practice what they preach? One way to test integrity is through a speaker's use of positive and negative vocabulary. Many leaders encourage others to formulate words in a positive tense. If the leader examined is one who teaches this mindset, dive into their actions. Do they practice what they preach? Cue up an audio, video, or other format of expression from the mentor in question. With pen and paper, write the person's name, date of expression, and media type in the top right corner. Towards the middle of the page, draw a line with positive on one side and negative on the other. With conscious awareness, dive into the actions of the speaker. Mark a tally under positive each time a positive comment is relayed, such as, I learned from this. It's important to laugh and cry. 
as well as other uplifting comments. Keep track of how many times there is a positive reference to stimuli. On the other side, mark a tally under negative each time a negative comment is relayed, such as, this was a terrible experience, mean people laughed at me and I cried because life is horrible. <laughs> In other words, formed from a negative mindset. Keep track of how often the speaker is within this mindset. Once the experiment is complete, reflect. Does this person lead by example? Do the numbers reflect a consistency with their words? Allow this to be one of many measures. Continue to investigate the integrity of a leader before a conclusion is reached regarding their skill level and cognitive ability. Okay, so this is number three, integrity. Does the person lead by example? There were a few of us workshopping this concept, how to measure someone's integrity from afar. Many of the suggestions our little group came up with dealt with personally knowing the person. But for this type of experiment, measuring a mentor from afar, it needs to rely on the person's actions without an interaction from the prospective client. So what does this mean? <laughs> Mustachio says to clarify. Okay. The reason why the experiment needs to be structured in a way that participation is not necessary from the mentor is because once the experiment relies on action from somebody else, then control of the experiment goes in their hands. Then I can just sit back and say, oh, well, they didn't respond or they didn't do anything. So now I'm not able to do anything. And that is a silly mindset to have to allow someone else's laziness and lack of give a shits <laughs> contaminate one's own give a shits. And that's why the experiment is structured to where we can measure a mentor's integrity through this simple way. Does the mentor say, hey, what you need to do is you need to speak positive and you need to preface things in a positive way. I've heard many mentors say this and then the next breath is about how terrible something is or something negative. It's very strange. So this is one of the little tests I do. I'm curious if there are other measurements that fellow consciousness explorers have created, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email. I like to cross-check methods. And the more methods, the merrier. <laughs> so this is number three. Integrity does the person lead by example. Number four. Is the potential mentor a 3H2 human? scan variables which provide sight into viewpoints towards health, happiness, and a humble perspective. From diet to exercise to spirituality, each person is going to have a unique viewpoint when it comes to health, happiness, and a humble perspective. First, identify a foundation of one's own beliefs before diving into the minds of others. 
Once there are basic parameters set internally, seek external sources. Fresh and new perspectives will reveal hidden vantage points and expedite evolution. Utilize critical thought during the investigation. Ingest the person's ideas as they are presented by the individual. Then mix in one's own beliefs and stereotypes. Next, modify one's own morals to include new perspectives gained. This process of critical thought is not about agree or disagree, but rather aims to break down and understand new stimuli. Okay, <laughs> this explanation is a bit choppy, but the main point was in the opener about from diet to exercise to spirituality, each person is going to have a unique viewpoint when it comes to health, happiness, and a humble perspective. So that's what number four is about. Investigate first one's own beliefs about what health, happiness, and a humble perspective is. And then investigate if the mentor has similar or contrasting beliefs. And it's okay to have either or or both. The point is to understand that mentor's pink zone as related to one's own. If there are some non-negotiable variables, then perhaps that mentoring relationship won't fully blossom as much as a relationship with a mentor who is a bit closer to one's own individual idea of these concepts. So rather than using moral judgments of good and bad and right and wrong, simply ingest one's own ideas, the ideas of others, reflect, and then modify. Number five, conscious leadership. Is a mentor able to lead, follow, and get out of the way? If possible, listen to an interview or another type of media where the mentor interacts with another person. Pay attention to the flow of the conversation. Do words mimic a tennis match where thoughts are carefully tossed back and forth? Is the conversation not really a conversation at all due to one person dominating physical space? Whether interviewed or interviewing, a conscious leader is able to lead, follow, and get out of the way. In summary, offer conscious attention to the potential mentor's level of awareness. Is the person able to communicate within the pink zone? A way to expedite advancement towards the pink zone is to lead, follow, and get out of the way. To have a sense of the energy of a conversation and to treat the conversation as a thing. It's uh, an organism in a sense. It's an exchange of energy and thought between two or more people. Conscious leadership is highly valued at 3H2Humans. And a way to figure out if a mentor is a conscious leader is through this experiment. Whether interviewing or being interviewed, listen to the mentor. How often do they speak? Is it like a tennis match 
our thoughts going back and forth? Or is one person dominating while the other is being dominated? A conscious leader is able to bring harmony and balance to a conversation. There's a calmness that is present when there's a conscious leader a part of an interview. Those are my favorite interviews. I'll often listen to conscious leader interviews several times, whereas I will stop listening to interviews where it's just one person telling stories about 10 years ago. I think that's very foolish. (laughs) A foolish use of time. If someone has all these great, wonderful theories and products or lifestyle ideas, focus on that. Focus on now. So that is number five. Conscious leadership is the mentor able to lead, follow, and get out of the way. Number six, visualize. Explore potential positions in the mentor hamburger. There are three positions in the mentor hamburger, above, equal, and below. The positions refer to an individual's current state of mental awareness relative to another person's current state of mental awareness. Due to the pliability of awareness, positions within the hamburger can and often do switch without notice. Similar to surfing waves in the water, surfing waves of consciousness is also a skill which requires time and effort in order to advance. Those who surf waves of awareness in the mind, like waves of water in the ocean, tend to remain in the pink zone with their counterpart as the two objects connect as one. Visualize this metaphor of consciousness waves with the potential mentor in mind. What do the waves of consciousness look like? When do changes of above, equal to, and below take place? Is there a fluid movement between stages? Okay, number six, visualize, explore potential positions in the mentor hamburger. We've talked about the mentor hamburger and how it's important to switch in between stages of the mentor hamburger. And as the blurb points out, the positions refer to an individual's current state of mental awareness relative to another person's current state of mental awareness. This is a key factor in understanding the mentor hamburger is that it's based off of current cognitive abilities. Depending on if it's someone's peak time or groggy time, their position in the hamburger is going to change. Their level of nutrition, level of exhaustion, there are so many variables which contribute to position of the mentor hamburger that it's very important to consider those. And if there is a position within the hamburger that feels uncomfortable or off, examine why. Sometimes I'll be led by someone who I feel is below my cognitive ability. At that point, I begin to question, why is this happening? Why is someone who is below my cognitive ability leading me? Is this smart? And at that point, sometimes I'll challenge the authority figure and move on from there. 
challenging an authority figure is like a dance. <laughs> One that I have no idea how to do. <laughs> I'm like that one weird person just doing their own thing. Uh, So in terms of confronting authority, I'm probably not the best person to offer advice on that because the majority of the times I confront authority, it ends in me getting blacklisted (laughs) from whatever it may be, uh, which I'm okay with. I'd rather be blacklisted from an organization or a group of people or even an individual then conform and create some false reality. Getting blacklisted? That's real. That's, that's reality. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Similarly, and in contrast to that, Sometimes I will lead someone that is above my abilities and I recognize that in the person. I'm like, hey, jump ahead. (laughs) I am only slowing the person down and that's not fair to either one of us. So it works both ways. Give conscious awareness to potential positions in the hamburger and visualize what those positions look like. How Can this mentor mentor me? How are we peers? And how can I help this person? Visualize these thoughts with each one of the three potential mentors that was selected at the beginning of this adventure. (laughs) And that is a note Mustachio does want me to bring up is to apply each of these to the potential mentors at least peek through these vantage points. And it's not a matter of agreeing or disagreeing, but more of perspective. What does it look like from this viewpoint? That is number six, visualize, explore potential positions in the mentor hamburger. Number seven, pink zone tangible, communicate in writing. Communicate in writing as opposed to over the phone. Phone calls create yellow zone ambiguity because few people are capable of pink zone communication over the phone. Higher levels of focus are needed in order to formulate a cohesive email while any idiot possesses an ability to charge $100 an hour to be a cheerleader over the phone. This is why I use email for the majority of business transactions. Over the years, limitations of the human mind have surfaced. Generally speaking, information from phone calls is quickly dumped after being in short-term memory for a day or so. Additionally, filters within memory processing alter the conversation over time. The ego seeps into the content and alters reality. In contrast, information in an email remains constant and unchanged with time. Once the phone hangs up, yellow zone ambiguity begins to work its magic as the inherent nature of human memory is one of motion rather than stagnation. Though humans are of the same species, slight changes of time alter filters used to process stimuli. Imagine focus for one is honed in on a particular component of the conversation. In contrast, 
the other person's mind wanders to a vastly different idea. One conversation, two noticeably varied subjects gain precedence within memory storage on an individual basis. Similar to travel on a highway, people may start together at one point, yet arrive at different destinations. In addition to being ambiguous, phone calls are a primitive tool for communication. The reason? Phone calls disrupt a person's environment and state of consciousness. Immediate attention is needed for communication to be successful. In contrast, email can be monitored when both parties are ready. Imagine the phone as a handheld screwdriver and email as a power drill. Phone calls allow the ego to create any sort of reality desired. Once the call ends, there is no accountability towards a person's words. Within the speaker's mind is often a false reality of profound life advice gifted to the listener. Far too many times, this is not the case within a shared reality. Within a shared reality, most speakers relay a good job mentality filled with fluff and cliches devoid of pink zone tangible substance. With a charge by the hour over the phone meta, a life coach is able to dodge accountability for themselves. If a person conducts business in this manner, ask them how they measure their impact on a client. The argument of tone ambiguity is a common defense for those who prefer phone calls over email. I propose an alternate. Tone is unnecessary as opposed to needed when exchanging information with another person. Profound advice does not carry a gender, emotional undertones, or any other human trait expressed through the voice. If tone is needed in order to relay a message, reword the message. Okay, Pink Zone Tangibility, communicate in writing. This one is near and dear to my heart. I find it strange, the difference in content between phone calls and typed communication. <laughs> it's like night and day. <laughs> A phone call, somebody will just blab and blab incessantly about nothing. But if that person needs to write all that stuff down, they're not going to take the energy. And this is one of the reasons why I like email communication, and I believe it's more concise and digestible. A person is going to spend more present moment awareness formulating a text message, a typed message, as opposed to speaking over the phone. Also, a main piece of it is accountability. If somebody promises something or agrees to some terms, there's pink zone tangibility. And pink zone tangibility is about creating some sort of object that a third party can understand without explanation. A third party isn't going to be able to understand and chime in on a phone call two people had a week ago. That information is lost. It becomes subjective. It becomes he said, she said, and this is within one's own mind. There is a tossing back of information from the soul to the ego. Which filter is going to be used to relay the experience? And that changes. Whereas an email is stagnant and is not changed by time or ego. 
pretty cool. <laughs> and a uh, few people view it this way, which is okay. Um, but I spent many years conducting business over the phone. And since I've switched to text, it has really simplified my life. And I'm grateful for this and the impact that it has on reaching a shared understanding with others. So that's number seven, pink zone tangibility, communicate in writing. Number eight, show me hiring, establish real-time validation for leadership. Explore show me hiring. Disregard credentials and past experience as validation for leadership. Show me hiring is based on per task rather than per hour. Diligence, as opposed to laziness, is rewarded when this structure is in place. The reason? Before a standard industry wage is received, a standard industry ability is agreed upon with pink zone tangibility. In other words, compensation for time spent is measured after the producer displays their skill. Bend, move, adapt. Question, how can I measure a mentor's advertised skill before hiring? To start, investigate concepts of two varied mentoring styles, a thermometer or thermostat. Both of these deal with temperature, yet their function is opposite. One of them, the thermostat, changes the environment, while the other, the thermometer, adapts to change within the environment. Any idiot can buy a degree, certification, or a spot on a bestseller list. To measure a leader's worth by the presence of some sort of document or fan following is foolish. Past glory moments hold little weight when present moment abilities are measured. If a potential mentor is unwilling to show their value, kindly decline their services. Business partnerships are a partnership. Examine what it means to have equal value for all parties involved. What does an equal partnership look like when conditions set at time of hire significantly change after several days of employment? All right, number eight, show me hiring, establish real-time validation for leadership. This is one of the main points of number eight, show me hiring, is about disregarding the past as a validation for current leadership. And I crack up each time I hear someone pose some past accomplishment as a token of validation. <laughs> And what I mean by that is it's important to focus on now. What does that mentor do now? How can tokens of validation be gathered up within the present moment? And also to really examine what are credentials and certificates and all that stuff. I used to collect them. <laughs> and... Uh, the majority, I could take a class and then ace the exam. The process didn't really measure my skill level towards whatever that credential was. 
It measured my skill level towards ability to memorize and regurgitate. It's not um, a real-life application of the skill. In most cases, some cases, yes, but it's shown me to be a faulty measure over time. That's why I believe in show-me hiring, where a person displays some ability. It can be, uh, if it's an editor, for them to edit one page of a person's writing. Or if it's a podcast editor, to edit a 15-minute clip, to do something to show the person's abilities in real time. I think this is mutually beneficial. It allows both the mentor and the client a chance to fully grasp what is being brought to the table. And that is number eight, show me hiring. Establish real-time validation for leadership. And leadership, uh, Mustachio points out, or skill ability, this goes for hiring contractors, uh, not just mentoring Uh, which arguably a uh, contractor or someone hired could be considered a mentor because there is um, a seeking of counsel. So anytime there's a seeking of counsel, give conscious awareness towards real-time validation of their skills. Number nine, value. Negotiate per value as opposed to per hour. Consider the ingest phase of cognition. Many people who charge by the hour charge the client while the mentor takes time to ingest the client's needs. Before the mentor has understood the client's problem, the clock is running. Time is measured, but what about value? Individuals ingest at varied rates of speed. Hold oneself and others accountable for value rather than time. Question. Are hourly rates a mutually beneficial pay structure for all parties involved? What if a mentor requires three hours to ingest a client's needs? In this scenario, who suffers when a coach displays a low cognitive ability? Be weary of people who charge by the hour. Why? because their advice is likely going to be from a subconscious rather than conscious process. Thus, it holds little value for the client. Prior to hiring, scan for a misuse of the word you as a means to test the person's level of present moment awareness and cognitive ability in real time. If they misuse you, approach with caution. Challenge perceived efficiency of payment on an hourly basis and skill measured through time in general. To measure by time is to punish quick action. What does per hour even mean considering attention is split multiple ways per hour per day? In modern times, can an hour of effort be measured and billed with integrity? Set concise and digestible basic parameters of expectations. Create if this, then that statements and negotiate per value. Per value negotiations examine needs of both parties within the present moment. Establish basic parameters early in a relationship. 
increase the likelihood of a successful partnership long-term. If charging by the hour, do not hire. (laughs) Okay, that's number nine, value. Negotiate per value as opposed to per hour. So this one is closely linked to number eight, show me hiring. The difference, number eight, is about the validation of the leadership. And number nine is about negotiating that value. So first, determine what is the value or the skill set. Discover that. Once a skill is validated, what is the value of that skill? And uh, I have seen consistently people who charge by hour suck. (laughs) There's no accountability on their part. There's no, there's, I don't even know how to put it into words. Um, The main point about this is that to measure by time is to punish quick action. What does per hour even mean considering attention is split in multiple ways per hour per day? In modern times, can an hour of effort be measured and billed with integrity? I think no. I think the per hour system was great in the past before all of these innovations and smartphones and the internet. And it's time for us to look at infinite possibilities in terms of negotiating value. There are so many ways value can be measured and bartered beyond an hourly pay rate. That's silly. So number nine, value. Negotiate per value as opposed to per hour. And number 10, community. Gain Ping's own understanding of a person's community. Measure the group's cognitive ability in terms of ahead, behind, or equal to one's own. How honest is a person with regard to their community? Encourage the speaker to clarify what is meant by community. As a client, offer potential mentors the benefit of doubt and explore an audience beyond social media. Ask, where on the continuum is this group's cognitive ability relative to my own? Set sail and explore with an open mind towards infinite possibility. After weeks of contemplation, the decision to buy Trish Blackwell's Emerge program became a reality. Her philosophies seem to mirror my own as she focuses on mind, movement, and meaning, whereas 3H2 focuses on health, happiness, and a humble perspective. In May of 2015, I took action and went on a journey to enter a mentor's community. After a PayPal transaction was complete, Access was granted to Trish Blackwell's Be More community. For years, the mind has wondered, what are these programs? And how do they offer guidance through a templated format? How can one strategy work for everyone? So many questions would soon be answered. Once beyond the paywall, I became excited to discover a stronger version of myself. Ready to partake in group discussions and become a part of the community painted by Trish Blackwell nearly every podcast. The Be More People, those who too keep in mind health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Upon first glance, the community felt abandoned. 
The message board was filled with cobwebs and dust as the last reply was months prior. Rather than a welcome wagon of doppelgangers, I was greeted by a ghost of past success. What happened to everyone? Why was I alone during this gold rush Trish boasts of? I began to feel like a sucker rather than a student. The class with limited space turned out to be a metaphor as I, a single person, filled the roster. With a positive mind, I followed her lead despite a disgust towards her bait and switch method. She sold me a class, interaction with the community. What I got was akin to a recorded message and a mirror for reflection. Cognitive ability is measured in several ways. Let's examine a few forms of cognitive measurement. Desire for connection individually or with the masses is one way to examine cognitive ability. Explore, where is effort applied in terms of communication with the audience? Does a person email one-on-one or primarily use social media to connect with others? Listener mail read on air entices audience members to write in. Additionally, it reminds a listener of their potential ability to impact a show's content. Hosts choose what to address on the air. Some people select positive emails to broadcast and select letters designed to stroke the ego of the person reading them. Humble hosts address all types of feedback regardless of its impact on the ego. When measuring cognitive ability of a potential mentor, examine their approach to listener feedback. Are there signs of a humble perspective and integrity with criticism? Another measure of cognitive ability is through the lens of a third-party perspective. Oftentimes the observer is too closely tied to the observed, which creates subconscious and conscious biases. Before hiring a mentor, ask a friend to relay their insights into the person's overall persona. Is the potential mentor's cognitive ability compatible with one's own? So number 10, community, gain pink zone understanding of a potential mentor's community. Oh, it was strange (laughs) coming across these notes and reliving what it was like signing up for Trish Blackwell's Emerge program. It was nothing like I had imagined. To her credit, once I pointed out that I felt calling her program a classroom and she had advertised limited space in the classroom uh, was a bit misleading. Once I pointed that out, she no longer advertised it in that way. And I think that shows integrity of a leader. A moment ago, I was talking about how a leader can be measured by how they receive and interpret feedback. And that is an example of a positive way where I voiced, hey, to call this thing a classroom and all that, and I just, I don't feel like that's fair from a client perspective. And then to have that have an impact is meaningful because I think at the core of leaders, people don't want to be misleading, but there's that fake it till you make it. And well, if people are encouraged to join, then other people will kind of, it strikes me as bait and switch. (laughs) 
that's really how it feels. Uh, it can be called all those other things like fake it till you make it or whatnot. But when it really comes down to it, it's bait and switch. It's smoke and mirrors. It's not reality. And that is opposite of the objective. When the objective is to reach a shared understanding, a reality that is interpretable and ingestible for many people. And that was the first and last paid community. Oh, no, I take that back. There was another one with Brandon Epstein. And at the time it was called Entrepreneur Fitness. And then that was advertised as an academy. (laughs) And it was uh, videos filmed in a hallway with a Facebook page. (laughs) I was and continue to be slightly discouraged by the whole online community thing. I believe there are great online communities out there. I have not quite found one, nor have I established one. I can admit that there's the 3H2 community is off the grid. It's, um, there isn't really a central place for it right now. And that's something I need to improve on is a creation of my own community as well as joining another community. And the main problem, which I spoke about in the blurb, was about I'm more into one-on-one communication or similar to an online classroom where there's someone who guides or facilitates a group of people who interact. Considering I don't partake in social media, it's difficult to establish that community. But there is a way. And if anyone out there knows of a community that is 3H2Humans friendly, please let us know. And it might be one's own. Maybe there is a podcaster or another leader listening to this show. Let me know. I am actively searching for a community and could use some help because this is not a strength of mine. I am an introvert and I'm pretty happy being an introvert. So when joining a community doesn't work out for me, I'm not too bummed. (laughs) Most of the time I'm relieved. And I think that's part of my problem is that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I in many ways feel like that ideal community doesn't exist. And I think that's a thought process I need to change within myself. Okay, so that's number 10, community, gain a ping zone understanding of the person's community. So there it is, the 10 list for measuring a mentor. Number one, monetization, investigate a speaker's products and endorsements. Number two, you, scan published work for pishposh elements. Is the word you misused? Number three, integrity, does the person lead by example? Number four, 3H2 human, conscious focus on health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Number five, conscious leadership, is the mentor able to lead, follow, and get out of the way? Number six, visualize, explore potential positions in the mentor hamburger. Number seven, pink zone tangible, communicate in writing. Number eight, Show me hiring. 
Establish real-time validation for leadership. Number nine, value. Negotiate per value as opposed to per hour. Number 10, community. Gain pink zone understanding of a person's community. Okay, so measuring a mentor, this is big in the world of 3H2 humans, but I haven't seen it addressed all that much out in the land of the internet. I did a search for measuring a mentor and not a whole lot came up. Perhaps there's other vocabulary to use. If anyone out there knows of some good articles or other information on measuring a mentor, shoot it on down. Info at 3h2humans.org. For the announcements, welcome new listeners. For new listeners, today's recommended episode is the Cognitive Discovery Game with Brian. Many listeners have commented that Brian knows me pretty well (laughs) and dives pretty deep into my character and kind of what I'm doing and what I'm about. It's a very in-depth look into our relationship and who we are as a couple and as partners in life and beyond. So check that out. The Hood River trip, change of plans, new focus on internal rather than external well-being, overall concept and trip dates remain the same September 13th through 26, 2017. So the Hood River trip, it was going to include interviews and reaching out, playing the 3H2 Humans Discovery Game and... Uh, as we spoke earlier, that grand, grandiose thing. It has been scaled way back. And for the most part, I imagine it's going to be a solo trip. I'm going to be introspecting, adventuring, and treating this trip similar to the one to Southern California. That trip had a few events planned, but for the most part, I just winged it. And that's how I'm happiest. (laughs) I felt so much anxiety and stress. And it was to the point where I didn't even want to go anymore. And at that point, I thought, if I don't even want to go, something is off. And that's when I started feeling shoulder pain. And the internal derangement started to happen. It was due to resistance. I was resisting my environment. I wasn't comfortable with just going with the flow. Now, after some rest and relaxation and reflection, some R, R, and R, I'm able to recuperate and recalibrate. So the beginning of season three is a bit still up for grabs. I'm going to wing it and have fun and enjoy myself. And I feel so much more comfortable with the direction of the trip now. There is minimal anxiety and increased desire. And that's what the human experience is about. Enjoyment, desire, evolution, happiness, health, and a humble perspective. Send in questions related to well-being 
for the trip, September 13th through 26th. I will be interacting with people through email and answering questions, exploring healing modes, all those types of things. So if there is a desire to participate in the show, uh, send a question. And I may be reading questions on air. I think it's a fun way to include the audience is through Q&As. We've done quite a few in the past. So we will do another one as soon as we get enough inquiries. So send them on down. Gratitude for those who support the show. We have received some great donations and those keep us going. So a big thank you to everyone who supports the show, whether it be feedback or donations, compliments and criticisms. It's all welcome. All right, Mustachio, it's time for us to uh, move on. That wraps it up for today. Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy.